Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's Revolution Recap, a weekly review of the New England Revolution, Major League Soccer, and the U.S. National Team on WNRI AM 1380. And streaming live on the internet at WNRI.com. Brought to you by Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. Covering the entire sport for the entire region for over 20 years. And now, Revolution Recap with your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome to Revolution Recap. I'm Sean Donahue, joined today in the studio by Dave Ackman. And later on in the show, we'll be joined by Frank Galapa of the Boston Globe and Tobias Lopez of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Lots to talk about tonight with the uh, Revolution having a, uh, a kind of a poorly played game, to be honest, but coming away with a one nothing victory on a late Connell Smith goal. Kind of the revolution of old that we were used to seeing him scoring on late goals. We haven't seen many late goals this season, but uh, good to see the Revs pull out a one despite the game not really going their way as far as style of play. Yeah, definitely. It's it's important to get a game like this towards the end of the season to lift your spirits a little bit. Uh, you know, they've had a little bit of a rough stretch. To, so, you know, as you go towards the playoffs, you need a couple of these kind of uplifting wins when you're not playing at the top of your game. And the, the Revs' record recently has been uh, really turning it, turning it on, it seems like, uh, for the end of run of the season, like we've seen in the past, 2-0-1-1 in their last three games. Uh, the big Open Cup game coming on Wednesday, of course. Uh, but last night's game against the Colorado Rapids, Colorado came in, a team that really needed a win as far as to help their playoff chances, but they seemed like they were content to, to come away with the draw with their defensive strategy. Yeah, I mean, you look, they probably had about five central defenders out on the field in different areas. I mean, until Sané got injured, they really didn't have much in the way of midfield attacking play either. So, I mean, I think that injury, in a way, might have helped them a little bit trying to get forward, but they really never did establish any sort of attack. Defensively, they were solid, and they certainly frustrated the Revolution. But as you said, at- attacking, I think they had a couple of a couple of really good chances with uh, Jovan Krawowski uh, getting the ball back after Jacob Peterson was really sent free by a nice pass from Krawowski on a breakaway. Somehow managed to get that ball stuck up in his feet, and then it, uh, ended up passing it back to Krawowski, who then had a great chance himself about uh, 10 or 12 yards out from goal. Uh, and tons of space, managed to send that about 40 yards wide of the net. Uh, a little bit earlier, Colin Clark had a situation where he had the ball at the top of the box and acres of space there, but he as well managed to send a shot well wide. So Colorado, really really disappointing offensive effort from them. I would I would imagine they're not too pleased with their uh, offensive output because they did have a couple of chances there to take something from the game. Yeah, definitely, and especially if you're going to play that kind of a counterattacking strategy. If you get one or two good chances, they have to make sure that they put those away, and they really didn't do that. Gotta be disappointed to have Connor Casey and Hercules Gomez out, uh, but but still, uh, with with the team they have out there in the the years that Fernando Clavillo has been there now, uh, you you think they'd have made a little bit more progress? Uh, you'd think so. I mean, they've always had that sort of stellar, uh, stellar defensive record, but you know, I mean, how much of that was canon? I don't know, but it seemed like. You know, last night they were still just content to try to get a draw, which, I mean, when you're fighting for that last playoff spot, you'd think that they'd want to be a little bit more, you know, positive. And you talk about Joe Cannon being gone. Their uh, goalkeeper, Bona Kundul, this year has been, uh, has had had some very good games and some uh, not so great games. He certainly certainly seems like a raw keeper that needs some more time to develop. But uh, last night he made some good saves, but at the same time his distribution was really off. I remember early in the game he threw a ball right out to Adam Crispin that Crispin was you know, then able to bring in alone on goal. Uh, didn't get the shot he wanted off because it landed right at uh, Bona Kondul's arms. H- however, really, I-, I can only remember one or two times where Kondul actually 
threw the ball out to one of his own teammates as opposed to one of the Revolution players. Yeah, I mean, he had, he had a you know an up-and-down kind of game. He made a couple decent saves, but then, you know, there was a lot where the ball, if it didn't take a deflection right into his arms, he was going to be out of position. Uh, I mean, the one play where he chased Ralston all the way to the corner flag just about, I mean, it was like, you know, kind of a, an interesting way of playing goalie. And, you know, they didn't manage to take any chances of those chances, but, you know, it, it makes you wonder what he was thinking on a couple of those plays. There was even another time where I remember him running all the way out to the corner of the box. Oh, we had a defender there who was able to get to the ball and clear it, but you know, certainly left him well out of position if anything was to happen there. So he's a goalie, I guess, over time. And certainly with a goalkeeper coach like John Murphy, as, as we've seen what he was able to do uh, in New England, I would imagine he's going to become a great goalkeeper with, with what he has, but distribution, not his strong point at this at this point in the season. Yeah, definitely. You can tell that he's a young, you know, keeper. He played, you know, first year in the league. So it's, he's going to get better, and he's got all the athletic talent that he needs to, to become a good goalie. It's just going to take some time for him. Now, it was good to see the Revs uh, finally pull out that goal with Connell Smith. It didn't look like it was going to happen for a while there. Uh, but I know the Revs were happy to come away with the three points, and uh, we got the chance to talk to Steve Nickel after the match. Certainly, certainly wasn't happy with the... Uh, the way the game looked, he himself, I remember walking into the press conference and said, oh, that was a, that was a bad game when uh, I was asked why, you know, going to the press conference. But uh, we do have his comments now that we can play. Yeah, the first half was pretty poor. You know, they came and just really closed us down real early and worked hard. Uh, we just couldn't get going. Um, both teams were poor with the ball. And as I said, you put that with them closing us down, then, you know, it was pretty ugly. But I think second half, you know, you saw how hard they worked the first half. I've never seen so many people going down in a, in a game. But, you know, we showed we were strong and we, we kept at it. And we really put them under pressure second half. All they did was break. You know, I think they were, they'd have been more than happy with a point. And, and we, you know, I think we got the reward for, for pressing. We got the reward for pushing the game and trying to win the game. Uh, it certainly wasn't silky smooth by any any stretch of the imagination but you know we had a couple of chances and we put them under pressure and got a ball in the box and I think uh, we got a just reward at the end by getting the winner uh, How do you de- describe that goal? It looked like they maybe uh, got a little bit worn down and Yeah I think I think we just wore them down you know uh, just with you know sheer physical effort and presence you know I don't think the way we played particularly took it out of them you know I think we just we, I liked it that what they put on the first half to close us down and then the pressure we put on them second half I think paid off when you went when you worked on Taylor this morning it was was he iffy and then you were like you know I'm going to hold him out because of Wednesday or there's a possibility he could have played but I mean there's no point in, you know there was no point in taking a chance on him um more than happy that Adam and Pat are up top, so, you know, why take a chance when you've got two guys up top with that? You're confident that Taylor's going to be able to go Wednesday? Yeah, he'll play Wednesday. Did you want to play, or did you have to kind of talk him out of it, or...? Yeah, no, I mean, it's... The closer you get to the kickoff, he gives you strange looks, and I'm all right and all that stuff, but it wasn't happening. Not at all, no, we're trying to win a game tonight. Um, you know, Rally's rallies, uh, a different style of play in the middle there to Andy. You know, we're looking for Andy getting in the box and, you know, making late runs into the box. Uh, Rally's more of a guy who'll, you know, make, make a pass and make a play rather than be in the box waiting. And obviously we've got Wells with some pace wide to try and get balls in the box. So... Absolutely, we're trying to win the game tonight. We, we weren't thinking about Wednesday whatsoever. Stephen, I just got some quick thoughts on 
you know, you know, I know you don't have Charlie on Wednesday. How is that going to change your, your, the way you're going to approach that that match on Wednesday? It's not. We're going to we're going to go out and, and try and do what we normally do. Obviously, by change of personnel, but you know, we're not going to make radical changes and do all kinds of things. We'll go and do what we do. Again, that was a Revolution head coach Steve Nichol on last night's one nothing victory over the Colorado Rapids. Again, the goal scoring here on that match was Kano Smith. Smith made the uh, great run down the field to get on the end of a nice ball from Shari Joseph, and then uh, slotted it through the legs of Condul. It was good to see get him get back on the scoreboard so soon. I believe he had a goal uh, just a couple couple of weeks ago against Dallas. Yeah, I thought you know he had the nice right footed goal the other game against Dallas. Now he comes makes another you know long run that he's you know made sort of his trademark in the past. So it's good to see him get going. You know if they're gonna push forward and they gotta get some good production out of the left wing. And we did get to talk to Smith last night as well and what he saw in his goal and we have his comments now. What were you thinking on that, that last call? I mean, you had to beat the man with the ball. I mean, he was, he stalled the clerk, so I saw I had a chance to to step in front and uh, and win it, so I did. Did you sense of getting tired? How did you guys keep saying they, they kind of sense them losing some energy after all the energy they expelled for the first 70, 80 minutes? Sure, both teams are getting tired. I mean, it's 90 minutes. It's a long game to to be running, so I'm, I'm sure they're just as fit as us by now. So I don't know. We didn't really play well, but uh, I think we were the better team. We deserved to win. I don't think they really try to take the game to us and we try to at least play. But it seems like when a couple of teams come in, they don't really like attacking, so it's never really an open game. On the finish, I mean, you could have done a lot of different things. Yeah, I mean, I, I could have used my right foot and went to the side end. I probably could have used outside of my foot and to the side end, too. But so I'm coming out with his legs open, too, so that's going to be pretty hard for him to stop with his legs open. So I try to put it through his legs. Luckily, he went in. Because you get the win even when you're not playing at the best game. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a sign of a, of a good team as well. I mean, we got match runners all over the field, so if it wasn't me tonight, I'm sure would have been somebody else so it's, it's time for us to to get in our groove we didn't play well but at least we're still winning so that's that's the main thing just comment on wednesday night looks like a big game for you get a trophy up yeah i mean this club has been too successful for too long and too good for too long not to have won something so we definitely need to reward ourselves and the organi- organization by winning on wednesday so it's going going to be a tough game at home for dallas but it's a good surface so we're definitely going there to win come all this way we might as well win it that was Kano Smith again, the goal scorer on the night. Uh, the Revolution finally got another shutout this season. It seems like, uh, actually, they hadn't had a shutout since uh, their August game against Kansas City. Uh, really, their defense has been, had a lot of inconsistencies this season. Uh, it was good to see it last night. As we mentioned, Colorado not the best offense, but finally get uh, put up the big shutout on the scoreboard. Yeah, and it looks like Heaps was a lot better this week than he had been the past couple weeks. I think that's really important when you have a three-man back line. If they can really start to expose one defender, it makes everyone else comp- uh, compensate, and it really you know causes some problems back there. So him being look, looks like he's almost back to full fitness now, so it looked like it was really an improvement for them. I think Joseph played another good game as well in the midfield. And, of course, he's going to be missing on Wednesday in the Open Cup final. I got the chance to talk to Joseph as well. Uh, certainly disappointed not that he won't be playing Wednesday, but I know he was happy to get the shutout uh, last night. Uh, yeah, we know definitely they would have been happy with that nil-nil, but I said we just got to keep pushing and keep just 
keep numbers going forward and keep creating chances and hopefully it comes first and tonight it came late but it came that's what's important. I mean, uh, I mean obviously you probably like to play Wednesday. I mean, uh, how do you see that? When you on the trip or obviously? Uh, uh, it's going to determine my ground has been bothering me for the last week or so so we're going to see what happens with the training on Monday and then take it from there but but another guy, another guy's going to play well and we're going to get a win on Wednesday. It's pretty encouraging for the rest of the season. I mean, you like to go in these late runs. Yeah, it's important going into the latter part of the season and three or four games after the season that we start playing well and we keep that team chemistry that we have together. And when we hit the playoff, we're going to be hitting the full strides. We're going to go on healthy and everybody worried about us. You guys still sort of have this down at the end of the season. I mean, you sort of have all the energy and momentum going. Uh, no, it's not coincidence. It's the CBR coaching staff and trainers and stuff. <laughs> Sometimes coaching staff to keep us healthy and everybody stay healthy and fresh and just be ready for that latter part of the season. The last three or four games is always in the season. You want to go into the playoff winning games and you know, high momentum and that's what we need to do right now. Just win all our games and get ready for the playoff. First place in the MLS is still up for grabs and all we can do is win our games and see what happens. Have you got a shot again? Yeah, definitely. It's important that our defense played well tonight. Jay, Michael and Jimmy on the left side, they were huge for us and Matt in the back. Once these three guys play well, we know zero and we're going to get a goal eventually. I feel like you weren't really able to impose your style play, particularly in the first half. So that kind of was sloppy, right? Oh, yeah, it was definitely a sloppy game, a helter-skelter game, you can say, because they did well in closing the ball and pressuring us and limiting our choices and limiting our passing. But as I said, we're a good team. Whether or not we're a good team if we don't play our style sometimes. We just got to keep battling and keep fighting, and it's going to come for us. Thanks. How important or encouraging is it to, when you go out and you don't have your best game or you play a sloppy game, to still come away with a win? Uh, that's what good teams do. Sometimes they don't play they, they don't play their best games, and the most important thing is getting three points. Some games gonna be ugly, some games gonna pretty, but you gotta get those three points no matter what. Again, that was Revolution midfielder Shari Joseph on last night's match and the upcoming Open Cup match. Uh, speaking of the shutout, we also had the chance last night to talk to Michael Parker, who's been really the, the most consistent Revolution defender this season. Yeah, I think, you know, he's really built off of his, you know, first couple seasons, and, you know, he's always been a rock, you know, even if you need him to slide up into the defensive midfield slot, he's really, you know, able to be versatile, his distribution's great, so, you know, having a guy like that in the middle of the three-man back line is really important. I know he was another player who was happy with the shutout, and uh, he also got to, also talked about the kind of surprise, actually, that Colorado came in such a defensive posture. Uh, I know he thought that they would come in trying to win uh, with the where their position is in the playoffs, but we did get... I had some comments from him last night. Yeah, it was pretty ugly. Yeah. <laughs> that was ugly. That's pretty much exactly what they wanted, isn't it? Was, was that frustrating for you that they were kind of dictating the way they wanted to play? Absolutely. Um, it just seemed like it, we were having a tough time getting the ball under control on the turf. Um, you know, they were doing a great job of just bunkering, you know, cutting off our passing lanes, making it difficult to play. You know, see in the second half they got a little more tired. We could spread the ball out a little bit. And, uh, you know, finally we wore them down enough to get the goal. How's it, how's it feel, yet, you know, to, to dig out a result tonight? It's big. Um, you know, it, it would have been unjust to, to tie that game 0-0. You know, they had a game plan and they stuck to it, and, you know, credit to them for that. But, uh, you know, we were going after the three points from the first minute, and, you know, we're, we're glad we got it. Were you expecting them to take back that defensive even though they seemed like they needed three points? A little surprised, just because, you know, they're battling for a playoff spot. But, you know, at the same time, they were pressing a little bit in the first half. I mean, you know, they have some speed up top. You know, they can score a counter a counterattack goal. Um, you know, we just did a good job in negating that. 
Talk about the short window getting ready for Dallas. Yeah, uh, you know, we got a big one on Wednesday and, you know, hopefully win our first trophy for the uh, organization. You know, I think everybody is feeling good after this game. Um, you know, we came out of it healthy, and, uh, you know, we'll bounce back. You know, we know it's a big one, and uh, we'll be looking forward to it. What do you do without Shalry? What, what would you have to kind of... Yeah, it's going to be a, a large presence missed, obviously. You know, he's the best midfielder in, in, the, in the league. Um, so, obviously, we're going to miss him. But, uh, you know, guys are going to have to step up, and I'm sure they will. That was Revolution defender Michael Parkhurst. And the, about last night's game, when they shut out there, we... Uh, Revolution captain Steve Rossing also had the chance to talk to him. He, I thought he played a very good game, particularly in the first half. He seemed to be one of the only one of the only players uh, creating some of the chances there when the Revs kind of struggled to get in a rhythm. Uh, he had a lot of lot of seemed like a lot of joy down the right side there and beating his defender and played a really good game. Yeah, he had a lot of possession of the ball, made some nice runs. Uh, I thought he had a really good game, even when he slotted into the middle after the substitution. I thought he held his own pretty well there, so a really good game. And I got to talk to him last night. I know we know with Joseph out. Uh, he really wants to play in the midfield and the center of the midfield there. I know he plays mostly on the right, but he, I think his favorite spot there, anyone who's talked to him, uh, well, he'll be, t- be open and tell you that his favorite spot is to play in the center of the midfield. So it'll be interesting to see if he does, in fact, move into that spot for the Dallas game without Joseph. But we do have his comments. How important do you think is for, the, for your psyche as a club to kind of pull out of three points out of this one? Yeah, it's good. I mean, three points is huge right now at this point in the season. And every time you can feel like we can build on something and, and try to roll into next week into Wednesday on a positive note, it's, it's always nice. How, how important psychologically do you, do you look at Wednesday? Uh, you know, because that could be a springboard winning a trophy. Um, but losing uh, with the history around, all around it, it could yeah. be the opposite direction. Yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll find out. What it feels like when we win. I mean, hopefully we don't have to worry about the other way. Um, we want to go down there and and bring home a bring home a trophy. I mean, we got you know got to break our little curse we have in Dallas, and you know it's not gonna be easy. Obviously, playing against Dallas at their home at their stadium, um, it's gonna be you know, difficult. But um, we feel like we're, we feel confident. We go down there and we play with anybody and. Um, I feel like now's the time. Yeah, Shari's, I mean, he's such an important player for our team. It's impossible to replace him, but we have a lot of good players on the team. Guys going to step in, and I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who's going to step into that role. You don't expect to go into the middle? I have no idea. I don't know what's going to happen. It's a possibility, you know, maybe maybe I'll slide in there and Andy drops a little bit deeper. But, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that on Monday. I'm not real sure. I mean, if I was the coach, that's what I would do. Because I, I want to play there, that's why. <laughs> And that was Revolution captain and midfielder Steve Rawson. Now over the phone, we're joined by Boston Globe writer Frank DeLapper. Frank, can you hear me? Yes, Ron. I'm, I'm good. Thanks a lot for joining us today. Sure. Good to be with you. I don't know if you got to watch the, the uh, Dallas game earlier today, but it seems like Dallas is a team that's you know, really been struggling lately. Uh, going into Wednesday's matchup, what do you think uh, we'll see from the Revolution against this Dallas team? Well, they sure have. Uh, I guess 3-0 three, three they lost today, so... Uh... Yeah, I think the Revolution is going to be without Shelly Joseph, so I think that's actually a big uh, loss for them. And I think it's really going to be difficult to, even if Dallas isn't playing that well because they're playing at home and uh, they kind of know you know, where the Revolution's weaknesses are now without Shelly. And Dallas, of course, didn't have Juan Toha for their game earlier this season. Uh, there was some talk that Kenny Cooper might be back for this one as well, but it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case because he wasn't even on the bench tonight. Uh, but... The Revolution, of course, having a game on Saturday and traveling on Wednesday. Do, do you think we'll have enough time to get rested for this game and get ready for it? Yeah, good question there. Um, I think they probably, you know, having Taylor Twelman rested helps a lot. And, uh, you know, I think that was a, a pretty pretty good decision, as it turned out, to give him a little break. And uh, so 
the other guys, uh, yeah, it'll probably be okay. I think you get rejuvenated, you know, for a game like this on a beautiful uh, playing surface and with a lot to play for. So I think they'll be okay in that sense. But I think it's going to be a very rough game. These, these Open Cup games, is, uh, you, you've gone to them, tend to be a real, real slugfest out there. So it's going to be a survival of the fittest. It's, it's a bit surprising, too, that the two teams that uh, made it to the final didn't have to, neither of them had to face any MLS opposition to, to make it there. Certainly that's not something that we're used to seeing in the past Open Cup finals. That's true. Um, but the other teams like D.C. United, you know, was playing very well this year, I thought, and they lost uh, to Harrisburg. Well, I think I was... Uh, on a little smaller field and some weird conditions and stuff, so it, it's tough to play those uh, those second division teams, the USL teams. They're very physical and um, you know they make it really hard on you. So um, yeah, it's kind of a weird circumstance to get to this point. The, the Revolution was able to avoid uh, MLS teams such as Chicago, which has always given them a hard time in the Cup. But um, I guess that's the luck of the draw. And, and looking at Dallas overall this season, even looking at you know, the beginning of the season. For a team that for a while was really near the top of the, the league or in first place, they haven't really been a convincing a convincing title contender looking at some of their performances, have they? Not at all. I, um, I think their time has come and gone. I'm not sure what that means exactly, but, you know, they've, they've had a very, very, uh, like a, almost a loaded team for the last three or four years. I mean, they've gotten you know, several good players in there, and just about everybody they wanted. And the latest they, guy they got now is Danielson, and it seems like the team hasn't even improved with him, you know, a uh, designated player and all that stuff, uh, a guy that the Revolution was considering taking, but um, it was a little different player, could give you a little different dimension, but, um, you know, he hasn't seemed to help them. Uh. And it's interesting to see as well against uh, Houston, they're, they're down a couple goals and they bring Danielson out of the match, too. That Certainly that speaks speaks to something there with that, uh, they, here they have a creative uh, flair player, that their designated player, and... Uh, even when they're losing to a team like Houston, a big rivalry match there, they take them out. Well, I wonder, were they, uh, you know, you, you saw it, were they, were they saving him for Wednesday, or I don't know what's going on, because they... Well, it seemed like, based on some of their other substitutions, too, that uh, that wasn't necessarily the case, even, because of the other guys that they were bringing in and out. It seemed like they were going for the win in that one, and actually, Danielson, I didn't think, had one of his better games, as particularly in the first half, he didn't seem to be too involved in their offense. Mm-hmm. Well, Danielson's a very, kind of an individualistic player, there's only certain teams and countries that can figure out what to do with a guy like that. He's extremely skilled, you know. Uh, he's an explosive, dynamic player on the ball. But he doesn't get everybody involved in the game. In fact, you know, he kind of excludes everybody else. So with Brazil and, you know, really high, high-level teams, they can figure out, you know, what to do with a guy like that. He doesn't have to have the ball all the time. And when he does, you know, maybe he's just giving guys a rest. You know what I mean? Because he's taking on defenders, and they sort of know what he's going to do. I'm not sure it works so well in this league, you know, or if it does, it's going to take them months to figure out, you know, sort of how to use them. But it's interesting, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a, they put a lot of money into him, so he's, he's almost got to play. So now the biggest, you know, one of the biggest games of the year is certainly going to be Wednesday. you got to think he's going to be in there. And definitely. And looking at uh, Dallas's record over the season, as you mentioned, they, they've really been an inconsistent team. The, the Revolution themselves have had some inconsistencies this year with some some of the opponents that they've faced. Uh, do you think now that these past three games have shown that they are going to be on a late-season run, or might we see another one of those uh, games that you kind of don't expect from the Revolution on the Wednesday? Yeah, I guess they have been, you know, for being a very consistent, you know, roster and uh, style of play and everything, they, they have had some kind of up-and-down performances, but uh, I think it seems to be coming together for them uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, Charlie Joseph's very important to the team, though, so 
I don't know how they're going to play without him on Wednesday. And, and last year, facing the situation, they had Joe Franchino, and you know he, he played you know some of the best games he's ever played for the team. Um, uh, but he's out too, so I really don't know how they're going to react. And you, you got to think that it could be uh, you know um, one of those inconsistent type things. They, they could they could be right in their game and play very well, or or uh, you know not have such a good game. But I got to I got to think it's going to be a bit of a a fight, you know, and uh, they're they're usually compete, so you know it could go to extra time and you know 120 minutes or whatever, and and uh, you know I don't think it's going to be a bad performance by the Revolution, and and if so, I think they'll be able to keep themselves in the game by sort of just scrapping. And both teams certainly certainly should be motivated for this one. Dallas uh, with the disappointing loss uh, today, and the Revolution. Uh, certainly with their their history in Dallas and these Cup Finals and MLS Cup Finals and you know against Dallas there uh, certainly they should be highly motivated for this Cup Final uh, against Dallas so certainly the the two teams should have you know high levels of motivation going into this one yeah they sure do you know I mean there's even some money on this one too and you know to these guys you know uh, an extra five ten thousand dollars it means a lot to a lot of these players so. Uh, uh, they play for the trophy as well, so, uh, you know, yeah, I think they're going to be highly motivated. The problem with reading these games, though, is that you're playing on such different surfaces and such different conditions each time out that you can't really, uh, you know, get a gauge of what one performance means to the next. And the Revolution, if this game was at Gillette Stadium, I think they, they could probably be a good favorite to win. Uh, go in there, you've got the perfect setup, a beautiful playing surface and everything, for them to play on, and yet, you know, they're not really used to it. So, um, you know, it should be a really a good game because of uh, the way the conditions are, but does that favor the Revolution? I don't know, you know. What, what kind of lineup changes do you think we'll see from the Reds with Joseph out? Obviously, have to make some kind of change uh, to fill for his spot. You think we might see Ralston move into the inside? Like, we know we know he'd like to play from his comments earlier. Or might Gary Flood move back into the lineup? Or uh, maybe even Avery John come back from injury? Yeah, good, good question. I thought Avery might come back on the left uh, side, but I think what you're talking about with uh, the way they ended that game with uh, Wells Thompson on the right and uh, Steve Ralston in the middle might might well be the way they start. Uh, you know, the coaches are pretty hard to read, and, and I think they they have some ideas, but they don't really let on, and they don't they don't even commit to it. I think until you know maybe even maybe even game day quite often because just to sort of see how it looks in training and see how everybody looks. But I think that if they had to decide now, I think they might well do that. And I know that you're going down to Dallas for the Open Cup final. Could you talk a little about uh, kind of the improved coverage that the Globe has had for the Open Cup this year and uh, what we expect to see in this upcoming week? Yeah, I think we, you know, the, the Globe sort of committed to it. I've always thought it was uh, you know, one of the best, best things in sports in uh, this country, for sure. Um, even though it doesn't get the publicity, I mean, it, it has the history and, uh, you know, a little bit of romance to it. It's got a bracket that you can follow. You know, it's got underdogs uh, that, you know, true underdogs in, in the game, and it's open to everybody. So uh, in the true essence of sport, you know, this is probably the best team competition that there is in, you know, in the country, maybe in the world, you know. So, uh, you know, I mean, they start qualifying again, I think, uh, next month is in October. So right away, you know, teams are all over the country trying to figure out how to, you know, Get into this into this tournament and do well. So it's uh, you know it's open to everybody. So so we we sort of uh, the, the globe has decided that that's you know something that uh, we should cover and uh, you know the revolution success in it is uh, you know has been been basically the vehicle for why we do it. Well, thanks a lot for joining us today and keep up the uh, great work and the coverage. Okay, Sean. Thanks. Good talking to you.
And again, that was Frank Lapper from the Boston Globe. Uh, and they will be going down covering the U.S. Open Cup final, as they have covered every round so far uh, for the revolution in this tournament. Certainly the Revolution have had uh, kind of an easy path to the final, not having faced any MLS teams. Certainly some highly motivated teams they've faced and some uh, difficult games that they've had to go up against. But it's, it, it's really been an easy, an easier chance for the Revolution to make a final here uh, than they'll have to face going into the MLS Cup. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, but you get these kind of, you know, lower level teams and they come out and they're really motivated. For a lot of these teams, you know, this is a, a huge game. You're going, you know, either to Connecticut or to Gillette Stadium or wherever you're going and, you know, you get to play against the top competition. Sometimes, you know, they're playing for maybe a spot in the MLS, some of these players. So, you know, they all come out with a, a big uh, chance for motivation. So maybe it's, you know, maybe not quite the, the skill level, but it's, it's, you know, a different level of play. In a different style of play. So, you know, you go to the MLS Cup, you've seen a lot of these players, you know how they play, you know how the teams like to play. So it's it's a little bit of a different style of tournament. And going back for the uh, Open Cup final, the Revs have made, been there one time before, back in 2001, actually under Fernando Clavijo, the Colorado Rapids head coach now, uh, back in that tournament. Uh, Jay Heaps back then was part of the Revolution organization in that game. I know he's highly motiv motivated to win this one. I believe he actually got a red card in that game. Certainly not going to be a game that, that he wants to remember, but uh, one that he could easier forget by winning this one. And we do have his comments. Talked a lot about the upcoming Open Cup match. So he didn't want us to play the ball to feet, so we had to kind of, you know, make shift. And so in the second half, we opened it up a little bit by going long a little bit mm -hmm. to open it up and, you know, to noons. And, and in the second half, they were able to get the ball a little bit more. Noons got the ball, and, and uh, Kenny was able to get the ball going at goal, which is what we want our outside guys doing, getting the ball right off from the forwards and going forward. You got forward a lot, too. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I think it was a little stagnant, you know, just because they were pressuring, so I wanted to kind of get forward and, and just kind of open up some space, more or less. Um, that's, that, that was my goal. I felt really fresh out there, so I just wanted to kind of keep going and open up some uh, some options for Stevie and then when Wells came in. How about uh, Wednesday now? Uh, you know, it's, that's a chance to win. Yeah. I mean, how much is on the line? A lot. A lot. I think for us, you know, I know personally it would be nice just to, to uh, you know, go out there and, 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 you know, get the monkey off our back and, and get a championship, um, you know, and, uh, and then go from there. You know, for us, I think it's, you know... It, it, it's something you mark on your schedule for sure, and so for us to get to the final, it's been something we wanted to do. Um, it would be, uh, you know, we got to go out there and win. I think that's even why, you know, Taylor was able to rest, which would be good. So hopefully he'll be back for the for that final. I mean, so it's tough to win at their place. So it is. It is. It is. You know, I think you know, it's you know, it is a tough field, and um, you know, we we've done all right there a couple times, but obviously the two finals weren't weren't great. So. Uh, like I said, we, we, we've been there. We know what to expect during the final, so we might as well take it this time. Are you surprised with how uh, physical this game turned out to be? Uh... No. No, I mean, I, I, I said from the beginning I was going to be physical today, and um, I got a yellow card in the first 10 minutes. But uh, that's, that was my goal today was to make it physical. I think that um, Frank and I had talked about it um, the other day, that their left side of player is good, so I figured it was best if, uh, you know, eliminated early with some physical play. I think that's what we did. Going at halftime, it was fun. It seemed like you weren't really able to impose your style of play on the game. It was yeah. Really sloppy yeah, it was. It wasn't a pretty first half, and we were a little disappointed in that. Um, you know, we were competing, and obviously that's good, but um, we were disappointed in the way we possessed the ball. And, um, you know, it changed a little bit in the second half, but you, know, you got to give them credit because they came here to, to disrupt more or less than play. So, um, you know, Stephen Nick told us at halftime, you know, or even before the game was just to, to limit their chances, which we did. 
and uh, the goal would come. And, and I think we wore them down. I think that was our goal. Is that they didn't have any opportunities, um, and it was important for us to, to be smart and not give in that you know, sloppy goal. And, and we sp- stayed smart, and, and it opened up, and Kenny scored. Did you were surprised at all if they had to that strategy with needing, really, really needing a win like the playoff? Yeah, I was, I was surprised. I definitely was. I mean, I think that um, you know, their goalie wasted a good two, three, four minutes of the game. And... Um, I was surprised at that for sure. I thought that they were going to come out. You know, they did come out to disrupt, but they didn't really come out to attack. They had six or seven injuries to waste time, and um, that was surprising. But uh, you know, overall, I think that I think that they played well, and they could have, you know, kind of snuck a goal in there. But at the same time, they didn't have any opportunities. Yeah, and that was Revolution veteran defender Jay Heaps uh, on the upcoming match and on last night's match. Uh, going forward a little bit, looking to Wednesday, uh, Dallas, as I mentioned, had a game today, a very disappointing 3 to nothing loss. Uh, interesting how that one turned out. Dwayne DeRosario scored a great goal just before halftime uh, to give Houston the lead, and then Eddie Robinson and Stuart Holden scored uh, in the second half, really, to put that game out of reach. But towards the end of the match there, uh, on, I believe on a corner kick just before um, the end of the match, in the 90th minute, Carlos Ruiz went down uh, against Ricardo Clark. They both fell down. I didn't get to see... Uh, a great view of that. The replays weren't great to see what exactly Carlos Ruiz did. But Ricardo Clark got right back up, turned around, and kicked uh, Carlos Ruiz. It looked like he was aiming for the head, but it looked like he maybe uh, hit the shoulder uh, really violently. Both of them got red cards. Uh, Ricardo Clark, I would expect, uh, may even end up missing all the playoff games for something something such as that. And certainly that would be a big blow uh, for Houston's chances. Yeah, I mean, you never see, like to see anything like that happen, especially you know at an end of a game where it's more or less out of you know out of reach for both teams. Uh, so yeah, kind of an ugly display there. Uh, I'm not sure what kind of penalties Clark will get, but you know he deserves whatever he gets for a play like that. Yeah, it's surprising from a guy like him. You don't usually expect that uh, out of Ricardo Clark, and certainly been a great player this season for the U.S. national team as well as for Houston. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what exactly the league does come down. Uh, on that play. And I know after the break here, we're going to talk to Tobias Lopez, and we can ask him a little bit more about you know, what he saw at that game uh, from that play and what exactly Carlos Ruiz's reaction maybe was or, or what he did to provoke that, uh, even certainly surprising. But possibly more surprising was the fact that Dallas really never had much control in this game. They were playing at home against Houston, big rivalry. They never really took control of the game, and Houston really came at them and deserved their 3-0 three, three win. It uh, does, doesn't look good for Dallas' confidence going into Wednesday. No, but it can work both ways. I mean, you know, they might be a little bit let down at their performance, or they, you know, they can use this Ricardo Clark attack and the fact that it's a, you know, an Open Cup final at their home stadium to really get them jacked up. It's going to, you know, it could go either way. And they did actually... Uh, seems like played their best lineup. Certainly, they weren't resting, resting anybody. We saw uh, Dominic Odoro come off the bench, uh, like he did against the Revolution. Uh, that will be a guy that the Revs need to watch out for. Speedy players like that off the bench certainly, certainly are players that the Revs need to watch out for because the Revolution themselves are not the most, not the speediest team in MLS. Yeah, especially if you look towards the back. I mean, their wingers maybe have a little bit of a pace, but you know, at the back, you know, they are exposed. You saw, you know, Eddie Johnson, you know, earlier in the season really expose them for their lack of speed back there. So, you know, even a guy like Juan Toha, you know, brings a little bit of pace when he needs it. So, it's it's going to be a tough match. Always is. And of course, Toha, as we mentioned, wasn't there for the Revs' victory over Dallas uh, a couple weeks ago. So, it'll be interesting to see the different teammates. He's been really a revelation this season, uh, coming and been really a candidate for the MVP even. Uh, the way he's been playing, probably the most consistent player on this Dallas team. Yeah, he's been a you know a really good player, and if, except for that little injury, he really was you know right near the top of the goal charts for a while too. So I mean, he's had a really great season. We are going to take a quick break here, and then we'll be back with Tobias Lopez from the Fort Worth Star Telegram. <laughs> (laughs) 
Soccer Hall of Fame is every fan's dream. It's the history of the game in pictures and video, World Cups and jerseys. Visit us online at www.soccerhall.org and plan your trip to Oneonta. Looking for soccer in New England? It's all right here at Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. New England's premier soccer magazine celebrating over 20 years of in-depth soccer coverage. Professional teams, college soccer, men's and women's amateur leagues, youth and high school teams. Soccer New England Magazine's got it covered. Looking for youth soccer camps? You'll find them here. Dedicated to bringing the excitement of soccer home to you with stories, scores, and insights in both print and on the web. Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com Covering the entire sport for the entire region for over 20 years. And now back to Revolution Recap with Sean Donahue on WNRI AM 1380. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. I'm Sean Donahue, joined today in studio by Dave Ackman. And now over the phone, we have Tobias Lopez from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Tobias, can you hear me? I got you right here, boys. You got me? <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot for joining us today. Hey, no worries, man. I'm just on my way back from a uh, crazy finish on the Dallas-Houston game. I don't know if y'all caught that or not, but some fireworks at the end there, huh? Yes, yeah, certainly. Uh, I know I was shocked to be watching that game and see, see what happened there exactly. Hey, what did you see exactly on that play with uh, Ricardo Clark and Carlos Ruiz? Well, I tell you, we, fortunately, we've got Tebow in the press box out here, and we rewatched it about 20 times. And you see there's contact between Ruiz and Clark as they're heading in for the cross, but it doesn't look like severe enough contact to, to kind of justify that reaction that Clark had. And I'm really puzzled by that because it's sort of out of character for Clark to react so violently to the, to the collision. And, uh, you know, Clark's really fortunate because if that's another foot to his right, he catches Carlos in the teeth or in the nose and, and then you've got real problems there and uh, I was really just surprised by it because I didn't feel like there was enough there to warrant that sort of reaction by Clark Had there been any history between these two players in the past? At all? Well, it's funny because Eddie Robinson and Carlos have a plenty of history so it wouldn't have shocked me there but uh, Carlos had you know, Carlos does what he does. He flops a lot, he gets in your head, and he goes at people. And, you know, apparently he just had gotten to uh, Ricardo enough to to draw that from him. But, you know, from watching that replay, I mean, you've got to expect Carlo, uh, Ricardo Clark to miss at least the end of the regular season and maybe a couple games into the playoffs, don't you think? Yeah, looking at that play, I was... I would not be the least bit surprised to see Ricardo Clark be out the rest of this year uh, for something like that, and th that's not going to help Houston's playoff chances. <laughs> no, it's not. You know, I mean, he he was having a good game to that point. I mean, he was, you know, 
that, that's what makes it even more silly is that they're up three to nothing at that point. They have their way with Dallas every time. They're six one and two against Dallas since they made the move down to Houston. So I mean, they they own Dallas. They're up three nothing. There's a minute left in the game. You know, it, it's just it's and unfortunately, Carlos uh, Ricardo wasn't answering questions. Neither was Carlos, by the way. But neither one of them were answering questions from us after the game. So we didn't get anything out of either of those guys. Um, we did talk to Dominic Kinnear, and he, you know, really couldn't justify it. He didn't want to talk to a whole lot, but he said he wasn't happy about it from Ricardo. And, of course, Steve Morrow was not happy about it. And uh, they're a little upset because they didn't feel like it was enough for Carlos to get the straight red, which this is a confusing thing. It turns out that was a straight red to Carlos, even though he had the yellow from the first half. So now Ruiz is going to miss two games because he picks up a suspension for the red card, and he was on yellow card accumulation as it was, so he picks up the yellow card accumulation in the first half. But of course, that won't affect Dallas for the Open Cup. Uh, but, no. but as they're fighting for playoff positioning down the line, uh, it, certainly that could have an impact. It, it might. I, I don't think so because I, the way it looks now, Dallas is going to finish third in the West. They're, they're not going to catch either Chivas or Houston. And it looks like that fourth spot's going to come from you guys over there in the East Conference, which means whether it's Columbus or New York or whoever, they have to fill the fourth spot coming over into the West. So it doesn't look like playoff positioning is going to be a factor in the e in the West here, other than who's going to finish one, Chivas or Houston. Well, uh, what it does do is it hurts Dallas because Carlos was finally getting on a roll attacking-wise. So, I don't know, it could be interesting when he places uh, New England on Wednesday to see what kind of uh, emotion he brings to that game. Well, what do you see for that game? Certainly, Dallas has been a team that has had... Uh, Lots of good games and lots of bad games. They really, really haven't been that very consistent this season. Uh, what do you think we can expect from them on Wednesday in this Open Cup final? Well, the biggest thing going in Dallas's favor is the fact that Shaori Joseph isn't playing in that game. I'm sure you guys have talked plenty about that, but he's such a fabulous player that that I think that really hurts New England. But uh, I don't think it's really been inconsistency from Dallas because they were pretty good early on. But this is going to sound strange, but they've only gotten worse since Demilson arrived. And I heard you guys talking about Blanco and Beckham and impact players. And, and the Nielsen at this point has been a bust for FC Dallas. Uh, they tried to bring him in, build around him in the midfield, and, and it hasn't worked. They're now 1-5-1 and one in their last seven games, and that's pretty much when Nielsen came on board. They blew up their system. And so now Dallas is a struggling team right now. And I know Revs fans would like to hear that uh, about the Nielsen because uh, there was some rumors that he had an opportunity to come to New England, but the Revs turned that down. Uh, but uh, we talked a little bit earlier about the injuries for Dallas. It certainly got Kenny Cooper still out. Juan Toha was out for the earlier match, but he'll be back on Wednesday. Uh, there was talk a couple weeks ago that Kenny Cooper might be back for this game on Wednesday. Uh, does that seem unrealistic at this point? No, it's not unrealistic because, in fact, uh, there was a reserve game following the first-team game, and Kenny Cooper started and played half of that game. So he got in a good 45 minutes, and it'll depend on what the coaches think, how he showed in that 45 minutes to make him available. I, I wouldn't see him starting, but uh, I could see him definitely on the bench in that match and could be a real asset for them late in the game if Dallas can keep it close early. Kenny's sort of a, he's a lot like a Twelman, a guy who has that knack for getting in around the box and finding those late goals, uh, much like Taylor Twelman does for the Revolution. And he's also a guy with a lot of a lot of height that the Revolution backline seems to lack, and uh, Certainly that could work to Dallas' advantage should he come in as a late sub. 
uh, particularly on set pieces. Yeah, you know, Kenny, Kenny's a big, strong kid. You know, it's, we always joke about it out here in Texas because we're in high school football country, but, you know, if his dad had not been Kenny Cooper Sr., the former Tornadoes goalkeeper, Kenny would have been a linebacker or a defensive end. He would have been a football player because he's not only height at over six feet, but he's, he's a big boy. You know, he's got a big frame to him. And so he definitely can be a threat that way. Uh, the problem is Dallas doesn't use a lot of width the way they play, so it'll be interesting if they can get some balls, some crosses in there for him if he does find his way into the match late. Well, looking at the past results for, uh, for Dallas in this Open Cup, they haven't had to face any MLS opposition yet. We discussed that a little bit earlier, how neither of these teams actually had to face an MLS opponent until the final. But Dallas really hasn't had an easy run into this Open Cup. They played some really tough games against Seattle, Charleston, uh, Atlanta, games that have gotten overtime and penalty kicks. Uh, do you think that they're taking this tournament really seriously, as you know, shown by the, the dedication they put in going all the way through you know, these long games that maybe have tired them out for these regular season games and uh, maybe have even impacted their regular season performances? Well, um, you know, it's hard to say, but, uh, you know, you talk about taking it seriously. Every time you bring up this tournament to someone, they all bring up the fact that it's named after Lamar Hunt, who, as you know, died less than a year ago. So you wonder if they can kind of use that as a rallying point for the team. You know, they haven't, they haven't won anything since they won the 97 Open Cup. And, you know, if ever there was a sentimental moment for guys to really get behind something, you know, it's the chance to say, hey, let's win this for Lamar. His name's on the tournament. You know, it's like I said, it's been less than a year since he died. And so from that point, they're taking it very seriously. Um, you're right about playing some tough teams. I think Seattle Sounders are a very good A-League team. And uh, so they, they've had some tough matches. I don't think that's affected their, you know, MLS play, uh, the Open Cup games, as much as really just the, the change of trying to build around Danielson late. You know, it's kind of a strange, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And yet they tried to fix it, and, and now it, it's broke. So I don't know, it's kind of crazy that way. And that's an interesting way to look at it, too. So I, I know I know Revs fans you know, aren't happy to see the Revs that haven't had this money to bring in players from Dempsey, but you know, haven't been able to bring in a, you know, a big-name player to change up the lineup. But uh, they've been pretty consistent and uh, done solid over the years. But, again, going into this Open Cup final, uh, the Revs are a team that's had a, that has had a lot of success against Dallas. Even in the earlier years when uh, the Revs weren't doing that well, Dallas has really been a team that they've had a lot of a lot of luck against. Does it, does it seem like that might be a motivating factor as well for Dallas in such a meaningful match to maybe get some revenge for you know the years where the Revs have done so well against them? Well, you know, I don't know if you tie it to the Revs so much. It's just they're, you know, they're in a bad spot right now, and they need a win. And, you know, it doesn't look like they've got a shot at the Supporters' Shield. So that's another trophy kind of out of their hands. They flopped out of the Super League tournament. So, you know, they have to look at this with their current form as, as just a chance to win something and maybe turn things around for the playoffs with the, with the sort of slump that they're in. And they got to be disappointed, too, over the past two years they've had the final at home and not have been able to make it there. Here's another chance for them, you know, third year on the road, have a final uh, at Pizza Hut Park. Yeah, you know, it was funny because you, you mentioned Kenny Cooper earlier when I was at the final last year. You know, he just stood at the top of the stands, and, and I thought the poor kid was about to cry as he watched the other two teams come on the field to warm up. The fact that he wasn't out there, you know. They weren't out there when they had the chance to win it all at home. And, you know, it's, it's kind of funny that it would be New England that they would play here, a team that 
has been here twice and yet hasn't been able to seal the deal at Pizza Hut Park. So it's kind of strange that it works out that way that that would be their opponent. And, and looking towards the match, uh, what's your prediction for this game? What do you, what do you see? And uh, if you had to guess, who do you think is going to come out on top? You know, that's a tough call. You know, it's a tough call. I, I really, I really don't have a good handle on it because Dallas is just in such a slouch right now that uh, you know. I, I think if you had to say a favorite, New England would have to be the favorite. I mean, Twelman coming in here, the guy is capable of pulling magic out at any time, and Dallas defense has given up goals like crazy lately. So I think you have to say New England's the favorite, even though it is a road game for them. Well, thanks a lot for joining us today. Hey, no worries, man. You guys have me on any time. It's great to hear a uh, side of things from Dallas. That was, again, that was Tobias Lopez from the uh, Fort Worth Star-Telegram about the upcoming uh, Open Cup match against FC Dallas. That's going to be... You know, a big chance for the Revolution to win a trophy. They're going to have a tough time as far as making it to the MLS Cup final, likely having to go through D.C. United uh, in D.C. And D.C., of course, playing for the home field advantage in the final. Uh, so this might be their best opportunity to win you know, a major championship. Yeah, definitely. I think you look at the schedule that they would have in the in the, in the MLS Cup, and, you know, it's always tough. You know, you, you face three rounds of playoffs, and anything can really happen. One injury, one suspension. You never know what's going to change it. So you come into a one-game playoff, and it's really you know a great chance to win a trophy because everything's in your hands. You don't have to worry about anything else. You you know you're what you you know you you know you lost Joseph, but other than that, you're coming in with a pretty full-strength squad. And Twaman should be rested. We don't know the full extent of his injury, but as we heard Nichols say, he probably could have played uh, on Saturday. It was good to see that 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 he was rested for this game. Uh, certainly the Revs are putting a big emphasis on the Open Cup this year in the past. Uh, maybe have rested a few players. This year, really, they played their, their strongest lineup available uh, in all the matches throughout. So no reason to expect anything other, uh, otherwise for the final on Wednesday. Yeah, definitely, especially, you know, a big national game. You know, as they said, the Lamar Hunt trophy, you know, the first one since he passed away. So a lot of big things going on with this one game. So I, I can't imagine them coming out and shortchanging that game. And I know we were talking earlier about uh, the different opportunities for championship. Uh, so far as the supporters shield, uh, it looks like DC is gonna gonna win it this year. But the Revs do still have a chance there. Looking at the upcoming schedule, uh, the Revs certainly don't have an easy finish this season against Chicago, who, as you mentioned, have really been turning things around lately. Uh, against Columbus at home, uh, that's again the Revs should win. Uh, but Columbus again is another team that's gonna need definitely need to win that game if they are to make the playoffs. And then Toronto, a team that's already been eliminated from the playoffs, but a team that's playing in front of their home fans and is really going to end the season want to want to end this season on a positive note. Yeah, I mean, anytime you f- you face two teams struggling for that last playoff spot and then you get a team in their, you know, their inaugural season, their last home game in a, you know, in front of all the the fans that have really supported them really wonderfully this season, they're going to want to go and, you know, get one last win for them this year. So, I think their running is not going to be easy. The only thing really going for New England is that DC has that uh that tie against uh Chivas coming up, so it, it might, you know, take a little bit out of them. So, we'll see what happens though. It seemed like in the first half, particularly of the DC's game last night, that they were losing one to nothing to Toronto at halftime uh, against Chivas. It seemed like they were really tired, but they they brought in a weaker lineup against Toronto to start the match, rested some of their key guys, brought them on at halftime. They really turned that game around and won it four to one. So DC has shown that they have the depth to win, even when they're not playing their strongest opponent, even when they're not playing their strongest lineups. But it should be a more difficult game coming up for them on Friday after that Tuesday game against Chivas, uh, facing the Kansas City Wizards on the road. Kansas City certainly a team that has been one of the better teams in MLS at times, uh, but has also been inconsistent. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, but with Casey, you know, they're going to want to at least, you know, get a big result going into the playoffs because chances are, you know, if they're going to make it to the finals, they're probably going to have to face D.C. So they're probably going to want to grab that psychological edge going in. And it's interesting that there is so much up for grabs still in this season. As we mentioned, the Galaxy, who looked looked completely out of it a month ago, uh, do still have a, a legitimate shot of making the playoffs. Certainly a lot of work left to done, left to be done for that. But we could lead up to a very interesting game uh, the end of the season. Final game of the mat- final game of the regular season against Chicago uh, with Blanco and Beckham, as we mentioned. Yeah, I think that really shows that you know going to this eight teams, but you know you can have different numbers from each conference. Really, you know, brought a lot of extra excitement into this playoffs. We do have to wrap things up. I'd like to thank Dave for joining me today in studio. I'd also like to thank Frank DeLapa and Tobias Lopez for joining us over the phone. Uh, Reminder: the Revolution game this Wednesday on Fox Soccer Channel, eight o'clock uh, p.m. The U.S. Open Cup Final, not a game you want to miss. The Revs versus FC Dallas. And then, of course, next week in the Revolution, to have uh, another game uh, against the Chicago Fire in Chicago at 8.30. That game on TV 38. Uh, so two very interesting games to look forward to this week. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, two games that are going to mean a lot going in towards the end of the season. And again, you can get the archives at revolutionrecap.com. We'll be back next week. Autumn Fest Countdown is on. Northern Rhode Island's event of the year, Columbus Day weekend, at the World War II Veterans Memorial State Park. WNRI. One socket.